This is Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I'm your host, Kevin McElvaney, Editor-in-Chief of Pro Wrestling Illustrated Magazine. And today I have some exciting stuff coming up for you uh, in a little bit. My conversation with Pan-African World Diaspora Champion, Trisha Dora. So that was, uh, had a lot of fun doing that and some uh, interesting things that Trish uh, revealed to us and, and uh, some potential names you'd want to face in the future, uh, both potentially in Ring of Honor's women's division and defending the Pan-African World Diaspora Championship. Um, first though, I just want to talk a little bit about a show I just attended. Um, and that would be the third backyard wrestling event from game changer wrestling. So this is styled like a backyard wrestling event because it takes place in a backyard. Um, and very much that aesthetic, but of course, well-trained professional wrestlers out there having these matches, you know, there's a ring, but also a trampoline, multiple swimming pools. It's a big party. I've been watching the event the past couple of years on Fight TV. Um, And this year I was really uh, happy to be able to attend it in person. Um, It's a different atmosphere attending a wrestling event in person. I'm sure I don't have to tell you that. And it had been quite a while since I had been to any wrestling event. The, The last live wrestling event that I took in in person was really dangerously close to the pandemic. It was back in March of last year, 2020, the Elimination Chamber event at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. So, you know, packing in there with tens of thousands of people at a time when supposedly COVID wasn't on the East Coast, but now, of course, we know better. Um, So, I mean, should that event have been held? Who knows, but it was. Um, And then, you know, since then, Cut to, I have not been to an event this entire time. Uh, I've talked about this a little bit on social media and alluded to it in the magazine as well, but someone very close to me is immunocompromised. And even though she, being my wife, is vaccinated, it's a little bit uh, risky for us to go out and do some of the normal things that other vaccinated people are doing right now. Um, slightly more safer for me to do so, and I'm, I'm starting to dip my toe back in. This being an outdoor event seemed relatively safe. And honestly, just being at the show, apart from taking in live wrestling, which I, of course, had really missed for all this time, as I'm I'm sure many of you listening feel the same way or felt the same way until you got back to a show. Um, The one other thing is that there are people who I've been talking to in my work for the magazine who I've met through the magazine. We've had conversations online, by text, email, Zoom, you know, you name it. But the one thing we had not done was meet up in person. And I mean, that includes a few of the photographers that we work with at the magazine, notably Earl Gardner, Chris Grasso, and Robert Starks Bellamy, who you may know as Mouse. Again, people that I've been working closely with, but had not met in person. So it was, it was great to see those guys and uh, also to meet some of the wrestlers who uh, some of whom I'd, I'd come in contact with over the years, some, some were, you know, meeting them for the first time. And it, it was, again, just a, a great time with some excellent wrestling. The replay of that show is still available on Fight, so you can go watch that. Um, of course, a lot of other great shows coming up in the next couple of months. We have the aforementioned IWTV 100 show 
And that is going to be touched on in the interview with Trisha Dora again coming up in a few minutes uh, because a match was added to that show in which Trish is involved. So again, you'll hear more about that in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to just play this little collage I put together of uh, sight, not sights and sounds, just sounds. There's not, not video of this, uh, at least not that we'll be posting, um, from Game Changer Wrestling's Backyard Wrestling event, collage with some crashes, booms, bangs, short conversations. I'm just going to go to that right now, so enjoy it. GCW's Backyard Wrestling 3 with referee Adam No Guff Galt. How's it going, Adam? All right, it's uh, it's hot out here. It's wild. It's crazy. It's uh, it's in the backyard, baby. Smell of sulfur is thick in the air. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in hell. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot to keep track of in that last match. Uh, there was some some activity in the pool. I mean, is it tempting at all to just jump in the pool? It's very tempting, but we'll wait till the show's over, and I'm glad I'm not thrown in as well, because you really got to keep your head on a swivel in the backyard. You have to keep your head on a swivel in GCW in general, let alone then you put it in the environment of the backyard. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot, but uh, we're holding it down. We're doing our best, as we always can, as, uh, as referees. So how do you keep, I mean, it's, it's not maybe as hot as it's been on the 4th of July in past years, but it's still it's a pretty humid out here. I mean, how do you keep cool during a backyard wrestling match? Water, water, water. Stay hydrated, baby. It's all about staying hydrated, all right? Always drink your water. Uh, when you think it's enough, you have some more. So that's always the key. And, uh, and dumping some of that water on your head and just uh, keeping yourself, pacing yourself. And uh, that's how you battle the heat. All right. Thanks for talking to us. No problem. Thank you. Take care. I have to advise you, you're being recorded for the Pro Wrestling um, Indie Straight podcast. I can't say the name of it. Oh, hell yeah. I've heard a rumor that you are not an accredited lifeguard. What do you say to that? Uh, you know, don't tell the, who, what, what organization of the government is in charge of lifeguards. Does that mean you're not accredited? Uh, I mean, I can swim. 
So why were you, when you, you were clearly on break when there was a, some, someone went into the pool, there was no sign posted. What was, what was that about? Uh, you know, it's adult swim hour, so I assume that everyone in the pool can swim, but if not, that's their ass. That's their ass from Jody himself, the lifeguard. You've heard it here first, folks. Yes, those were fireworks, um, and they were part of the match, if you were wondering. I think actually those particular sounds were before the match, but they, they happened before, during, and after. Again, a great time. Thank you to GCW for having me out to that, and it was it was great to be back you know, at the matches again, as they maybe say somewhere. I believe I got that phrase from Al Castle in his... Uh, one of his most recent pieces that he wrote for the PWI poll. Um, so I look forward to that coming out. But we know why we're we're here, folks, and it's because you want to hear that conversation with Trisha Dora. So without further ado, here is the Pan-African World Diaspora Champion, Trish Adora. Yes. What kind Good of- stuff. What, what kind um, of tea? Blueberry, orange with ginger. It's so good. Oh, that's awesome. That's like a it was great... little under the weather, so I was trying to pep up a teeny bit. Yeah, yeah. The ginger stuff is great for that, and it's good for like after dinner. And uh, I could I could do a whole podcast about tea. I think. Yes. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! You should. I love tea. I love. All right, tea. that's what this is about now. This is the yes. <laughs> it's the tea podcast. I know. So. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, yeah. Feel, so, you don't mind if I drink a little tea and drink water. I'm sorry. I, you're all set. I have like the, my, uh, actually my wife's now gym bottle because mine, I don't know where I put it. Um, but <laughs> no, you're, you're good. Um, you were in a death match sort of like it didn't, it didn't get real over the top death match, but like, I, so I saw the no peace underground show fear the gay agenda. Yes. Saw that it was announced, you and Dark Sheik. I figured, okay, these are two technical wrestlers who do some other stuff. You know, you you have some power moves. You have some, you know, plenty of strikes. And, uh, you know, she does a little, maybe a little bit of high flying. So, like, I, but I figured this was going to be a technical match uh, when I saw it was announced, despite No Peace Underground. It was not a technical match. I mean, there's a little bit of that in there. Maybe, maybe the only time I've seen a lockup at the beginning of a No Peace Underground <laughs> match. <laughs> but... I gotta say, and I mean, I, I know this is all, you know, played out in the match and it, and it was uh spoiler alert, sort of an undoing for you. Uh, but it was, uh, you weren't super comfortable in that environment. Like you weren't, you weren't really willing to just like go to town with these weapons and smash glass and all that. So like, I don't know how, how legit it's like, do you, could you go back in there and think, and like actually smash glass and mix it up? Or do you think like, Oh, this isn't for me now that you've tried to do it. You know, what's interesting. Um, it's so funny. The entire show at no peace was so, was so interesting because like I had never really like watched much death match wrestling. Maybe you'd see a gif of something crazy that happens at a show, but as far as like really sitting down and like just kind of processing the entire show and just trying to understand what that is. I hadn't done that before and just being right there and seeing all this happen. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, Yo, y'all are bugging. What are y'all doing? This is crazy. And then I got super nervous. I'm like, well, look, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I like chic a lot, you know, I don't want to hurt chic, you know? So yeah. 
I was, I was very nervous and I didn't want to get hurt. So I was just very, and you don't want that first glass break. So it's just glass everywhere. Oh, yeah. Even after they switch that you just, I honestly, I thought maybe I, thought I still had some glass in my hair. And I'm like, Wait a minute. hang on, what's going on here? You know what I mean? But you could see that you were like getting stuck with it. Cause you would like grab at your hand or your arm or something like you were. Yeah. It's just little nicks everywhere. I was just like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know. This. I mean, you know, you just, you understand what you're seeing, but when it's your turn to do it, it's kind of like, Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Right. And maybe you like, know? maybe Sheik's a little more comfortable with it just because like the hood slam shows could get kind of yes. wild, but I don't think she's ever done it to that level that I, and again, could be wrong. But, or, or a lot of the people on the show, I mean, like you had, I mean, the opener, Ashton Starr and, and Billy Dixon, and I've certainly seen Billy in some like hard hitting, no DQ matches, but I've never seen Billy take like 10 light tubes to the head. Like, yeah. what is that? And I mean, this is somebody, you know, and have, you know, worked alongside for a while now. I mean, that's gotta be a little jarring because presumably you're, I mean, maybe you're watching it on a monitor, but I think you're probably like in eyesight and seeing this happen. So I, I was I was maybe about twenty feet away, and I was just like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> literally, my throat just like starts closing up. I'm like, "Well, um, I'm not picking up any light tubes." <laughs> just, I got super nervous, but I was like, "You know what? I'll have some fun. I'll buy in. You know, yeah. I'll have fun with it my way to a way that makes me more comfortable." And then, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, going back to no peace. I think I think I could break a glass this time, maybe. Okay, Maybe. that's yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, like for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, it's there. There was a story told in that match. It wasn't, uh, and you know, one criticism a lot of times of deathmatch wrestling is it's not like huge on stories, and that's not always true. Um, right. And and at PWI, we have varied opinions on deathmatch stuff. There's a couple of people who just like, no, that's I, that's not wrestling. I don't like it. I think it's just another style of wrestling. It might not be my my go-to that I want to watch every single day, but like there's an art to it. Um and the yeah, story that you and she Yeah, yeah. And the story that you and Sheik told was a really different one and di- very different than anything I've seen on there. Uh that whole thing's on IWTV, so people can go check that out. Really good show. Um so I mean, speaking of IWTV, uh by the time this comes out, this isn't new news, but pretty recent news. Big match announced for the IWTV 100 show. So you're going to be teaming with Lee Moriarty and the two of you are facing Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander. So it's kind of like this indie versus AEW dream match sort of. I mean, Orange and Chris still occasionally work in the indies, but I mean, they're on on cable TV every week, you know? Um, And then you have you and Lee who are these two... I don't even want to say up and comers because people, anyone who's listening to this podcast already knows the two of you and the work you're doing, but trying to make a name for yourself on that national stage and raise it up a notch. Um, But you're also in the ring with two wrestlers who are, I don't know. I mean, two wrestlers who can definitely go, but you know, kind of silly at times. I mean, this is not necessarily the type of match that you and Lee are known for. So like, what are you thinking going into something like this? How do you prepare? I, I mean, I'm still just kind of picking my jaw up a little bit yeah. <laughs> at, the, uh, at the announcement in general. Um, I'm really just trying to have me and Lee be a cohesive unit. Right. And I think that that's going to lend well, you know, as our styles are both technical in nature. So I think we'll be able to be cohesive 
And I think that's what's going to give us the edge, hopefully. And it's also kind of exciting because now, obviously, Lee has now had the IWTV championship. Um, yes. Not an official championship of IWTV, but of course, you have the Pan-African World Diaspora title, which has appeared all over IWTV on, on different shows. Um, so the, the two of you are going up against these two former IWTV champions, too. So this, this to me, is like oddly kind of not intergenerational, but it's like these people who are already up and doing it on, on cable TV every week. And I mean, do you see it that way? Am I looking too much into it? No, I'm thinking you mean somewhat of a passing of the torch as far as the independents go. Is that what you would, is well, I mean, maybe I'm reaching. (laughs) It's going to depend if, I guess if, if you and Lee win the match, it's a passing of the torch. If not, well, I mean, that's, that's, that's up to the two of you. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a big match. That's exciting. Uh, you have a lot of other stuff coming up. I mean, we have this, the ring of honor, uh, the women's championship tournament. So yes. titles vacant. There's a lot of big names in that tournament. Um, you know, you've already appeared on the, uh, ring of honor women's Wednesdays that, uh, go up on YouTube every week, a couple of times. Um, so this tournament, I mean, obviously the goal is to win it, but who yes. do you, what are you look, looking to do along the way? Like, who do you want to cross paths with in that tournament? Allison K for sure. Absolutely. Um, that would be, that would be quite a dream match of mine. Actually, I'd be very excited to do that. And I would also love to face Willow Nightingale. I think that would also be very, very cool. Yeah. And those are two names that, that stick out to me for sure. And you did have a match with Willow pretty recently on Beyond Wrestling, I think, right? Yes, I did. I did. Yes. So the two of you, the two of you are a little bit, uh, you know, familiar with each other. Have you faced Allison before? I had not. No. Oh, that's that's exciting. That's an interesting matchup. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just in general, I mean, you, like when, and I think a lot of people on social media, as soon as that tournament was announced, like, who do you want to see in a relaunched? women's division, maybe even before there was a, a tournament, like mm-hmm. who should be part of this? And like your name came up immediately. I mean, you feel like such a fit for ring of honor in, in so many ways, because you're kind of this throwback technical wrestler in a lot of ways, um, you know, kind of reminds me of what we see in, in the, in the pure division and, and a lot of other, I mean, honestly, it's just working of honors, bring them bread and butter is the, uh, the sports, like, you know, classic wrestling presentation. Um, if you were in there now, obviously, you know, the women's championship goal, number one, what if ring of honor opened it up a little bit and you could wrestle cause you're no stranger to intergender matches. If you were able to wrestle anybody in ring of honor, who would it be? <laughs> now there's the list. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, look, to open it up just means more people I can work with. And I think that's always a blessing wherever I can go. Yeah. So I would love, of course, you know, to wrestle a mentor of mine, Jonathan Gresham. Um, that was to happen last year um, under the Black Label Pro banner, but the show hadn't gotten around because of COVID. So I think just to have it under the Ring of Honor banner would be so dope. I think it would be like somewhat of a full circle moment. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, the entire pure division is amazing. All the JoJo guys are absolutely amazing. Brian Johnson, top notch. Joe Keys, 
really, really good, good guys. World famous CB. Look, mm-hmm. I'll mix it up with Shane Taylor. Look, I'll duck some punches for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have to for with him. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's quite a list of uh, of opponents there. Um, and I mean, Gresham specifically. I mean, the guy in Ring of Honor. I mean, he's you know he, he had two championships at once. He's in there mixing up. You know, Roosh, of course, is the Ring of Honor World Champion, but he's he's not necessarily on every single show he's not there as often he's there for the big matches where gresham's you know this this workhorse um and i i mean i see a lot of similarities between the two of you now you've actually like trained alongside him a little bit i know he's not your trainer originally but you have done some work in the ring with him you know uh, yes uh, not initially um i trained at the ring of honor dojo for about two years so yes he was um in charge of some of the training. So I got to train under him uh, and world famous CB most recently as well. Right. And you've, I've noticed a lot on social media because he'll, he'll have these uh, CB will have these uh, sorry, world famous CB will have these uh, clinics and training sessions, like all day marathon things. It kind of seems like, and people will travel from, you know, all different parts of the country for that. And like you're a regular, uh, attendee of those, I guess I should say, like, is that something that you think is more, maybe even more important as you get further into your career to like, not rest on your laurels, to go and learn from other people who have been doing it longer or have been doing it differently. That's, that's so funny. You say that there's actually, I was talking to CB earlier today and there's a seminar next week um, up at the school that I'm going to be going to. Um, I'm going to double up and go to both classes because they're up in, uh, up near Philly. So it's about like a three and a half hour trip. So I try to make it worth it and just stay the whole day oh, yeah. and really like sink in. Um, I mean, it would be worth it regardless, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. I, I definitely, I enjoy training. I love having relationships with different schools along the coast. You know, I just, I always feel like during my travels, I always want to kind of have a place where I can go to train for a little bit if I needed to, or just, you know, I honestly, it's become a sole way for me to network, honestly, because when you're not at the shows, how else are you going to get in front of certain people? So sometimes once you show face at a seminar, that's kind of your introduction. And now other things can parlay and happen. I mean, it's how I got to Japan, honestly. So pretty cool. So I don't think I even knew that you competed in Japan. So what did you do? What did you do over in Japan? Yeah, for um the Russell One Dojo. So Hood Slam, yeah, yeah Hood Slam. They had a um a seminar one day um, with Kaz Hayashi and Sunny Ono, and they were going to be traveling with a group to Russell One in Japan and stay at the dojo for a little bit. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I didn't have enough money, so one of the students ended up paying the. Uh, the rate for the seminar for me. And I went through and they picked me and I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> I got to go to Japan a couple months later. It's pretty awesome. That's amazing. I don't know how I didn't, uh, I, I feel like I try to research these things and knew about your career, but no, it's, that's, that's awesome. Is that something, would you be looking to at some point after things open back up to like go back over there and 
<laughs> Absolutely. No, nobody you know, says no I, to that. Nobody's gosh. like, oh, wrestling in Japan is okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you kidding? What? It was amazing. It was such a beautiful experience. And everybody was very kind too at the dojo. I was the only um I was the only female, uh, only woman there. So it was just, you know, I, I was not that I had my reservation, not that I had any reason to have reservations, but I was just yeah. kind of like, whenever I'm walking into those situations and I'm going to be like the only, you know, female or the only black woman there, it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> you know, but it was not like that. They accepted me as their own and everything went pretty chill and went with a pretty good group of people as well. So that's awesome. Um, I mean, so like if you, if you were to go back now, uh, well, not right now, things are still kind of closed up. Maybe by the time this is released, there's something different, but, but probably not. Um, I mean, my first thought is if you go back over there, I mean, there's, you know, promotions like stardom, Tokyo Joshi pro, um, where you could get in the mix. And I mean, certainly like everybody wants to do that. So it's going to be like, well, okay, get in line and (laughs) like everybody, you know, um, I mean, is that on your list as well? I mean, like any of these specific promotions, people to work with, or is it just, you know, I'm going to get back over there and see what happens. Well, so I was lucky enough to, because I had traveled to the UK as well. And the difference between those two trips is that there was an element of not a structure, right? Because I was going with a group and there were things to do. So I'm like, I, I like that. So if there was another way, and I think that's kind of, a part of the Japan wrestling experience, you know, that there's like this dojo mentality and a, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we'll go here and we'll pick you up to go here. It's very like, it felt like such a group. And I'm like, I really like how that felt. So I think I would definitely be looking forward to that part of it. And it makes it easier to like plan too. Like if I had to go on my own, like, and just, leave it up to my own devices, I'd be stuck. <laughs> Tell you what, I was almost stuck as much structure as they, as much structure as we had, I still almost got stuck. And I'm like, Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely need, I would definitely need a plan if I was going to try. It's a, it's a big thing. I mean, you're, you're For going sure. somewhere. I mean, I, I don't know. Most people, I could probably assume that you're not fluent in Japanese. I, I know maybe two words. Um, and, uh, I'm probably not pronouncing them right, but it's, there's just so many things you can do over there. And I mean, there have been like Masa, Masha Slamovich and uh, Domi Ekta were over at the Marvelous Dojo. Obviously a lot of people have worked at, uh, with stardom over the years. So, I mean, there, there's tons of opportunity that could definitely be, I think you'd fit in really well. I mean, you have that, that work ethic that uh, just desire to learn which is, I think like where a lot of wrestlers get stuck and I I would never name names, but like, you know, there's this temptation to think like when you're doing pretty well, like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody else to tell me anything foolish. I mean, it's not just wrestlers for anything. Like it's, um, you know, like even just my role, uh, with, with PWI editorial role, like constantly second guessing myself. And it's, it's not like, not having confidence it's more just okay like you don't know everything why don't you go like you've talked to literally nobody about this go see what they think you know like this whole idea of feedback and stuff um yes now when you were in the uk um was that with eve did you do like a match or two am i remembering Mm -hmm. that yeah yes i uh i worked three of the eve shows and i worked for 
title wrestling as well. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, and I mean, they, they've brought in talent from Japan and from the U S from all over. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense like that, that structure and like learning mentality would be there. Um, we're going pretty far off the, the, the next question I wanted to ask. So I'm going to abruptly change topics here. No, um, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to, I don't know. No, this is not your, I, I had a follow-up and then a follow-up and a follow-up and a follow-up. I'm like, oh, that was a good point. Let me ask her about that. Um, so right there, I don't think we've acknowledged since we started recording. We have the, the Pan-African World Diaspora Championship belt, which is sitting next to you. Yes. Which is it's just beautiful. Um, and if someone's this far into the interview, they probably already know about the belt, but maybe they don't. So could you just talk a little bit about what that championship is and, you know, more importantly, what it represents? And you, you've been the I, I'll just front load by saying that you won this championship, you're the only title holder to date. So you don't have to say that for yourself, but, <laughs> but you are. And that, that's, that's a big thing to, to hold a championship uh, exclusively. But could you talk a little bit about the title and what it represents? Yes. So uh, this title, the Pan-African World Diaspora Championship, it represents diversity. Um, it represents a sort of integrity as well. Mm -hmm. Johnny Cross, who is the founder of Fight Club, where this finds its home, um, we met about 12 years ago. We were in the army together and we deployed together. And at that point, I was kind of just trying to figure out what the next step was. I was kind of like, I, I said like, oh, well, maybe I should just try to train and start wrestling. And, and his whole idea was, you know, and we didn't we didn't have much scope of what we were even talking about. We, it was just the whole, oh, well, where are you going to wrestle? And I was like, I don't know. I'll just wrestle wherever. And he's just like, well, you're going to need a place to go and you're going to need <laughs> this. And why don't we do this? And because his gripe was always, how is the black talent being treated? And if there was a place for us, then maybe that mistreatment wouldn't happen because there'll probably be, you know, people in charge of our storylines ourselves, <laughs> right. you know, um, that'll be able to act our art out in a way that makes us happy. So we'll probably be a lot happier at work. The, you know, morale will be higher and things like that. So that was kind of his angle. And I was just kind of like, all right, I just want to be able to wrestle men and women. <laughs> that was kind of, I want to wrestle everybody, you know, non-binary, everybody gets, you know, a shot. So <clears throat> that was, so between those two ideas, this yeah. was kind of born. Um, he showed me a design one day and I was like, wait, we're actually doing it. <laughs> you know, at this point, you know, I'd already yeah. trained at a uh, team 3d and uh, I was moving back up to DC in like early 2018. And I was like, oh, so we're doing it. All right, I'll be right there. And so came back home, just kind of uprooted and just reset. And mm -hmm. it was just like one big new beginning for, for me and for him. And it's starting to look that way for a lot of other people. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it started. It's just supposed to represent diversity. So um, as far as challenges go, underrepresented is kind of the key word here. Mm -hmm. um, talent of color, LGBTQ talent, things like that, um, all over the world. And that's not exclusive to the U.S. Um, at this point, I'm fully vaccinated and I have my passport. So I'm just waiting on, you know, yeah. somebody to cut the ribbon so I can run through. But <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing, like, uh, uh, 
classic world title is, I mean, and this is the old school PWI thing, but like mm-hmm. it's worldwide, meaning like, even if it's not right now being defended all over the world, that you'll go anywhere and take it with you and fight all comers. Um, and especially with this being like not segregated by gender in any way. Um, and you've already been in the United States doing this. You've been going from promotion to promotion. Like you said, fight club pro is the, is the home for this, but the ch- most of the defenses haven't been there. They've been other places. They've been all over the country. Um, yes. so I mean, where would you like now? I mean, you hinted all, o- you could go all over the world with it. If you had to have a sh- like a short list of places you would go and defend this and you don't have to be as specific as promotions or, you know, like just even countries, like where would you like to take this and defend it someday? Canada. Uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Africa, for sure. Let's see. I want to go to the UK. I want to defend this in Japan. That'd be super lit. And honestly, I want to defend this on TV. I think there's there's always been this huge separation between the independence and what we see on TV, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's some companies that are slowly starting to like inch towards that. They're either using a lot of independent talent or they're allowing talent to still remain independent while contracted, which is huge. You know, for me personally, I dig my freedom and I enjoy being able to, you know, do both. So. I mean, that right there is an amazing selling point. So being able to do that would only lend to me being able to travel more and things like that. So I I would love to just go to TV with this too. I know that stuff, that feels lofty to say. I get I get a little nervous saying it, but <laughs> that just means you say it again. So I, I would love to just defend this on TV, like maybe under the Ring of Honor banner. That would be very lovely. You know, um, the commentary team during my match, they were they were very kind and they spoke very highly of this title. And I'm so appreciative of that. And I'm hoping to live up to that under their banner, hopefully. Of course. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty great specific and I mean it sounds pretty achievable as a goal. So I mean we'll have to stay tuned and see. Uh, I know, right? Right. <laughs> So we spoke about the possibility of these intergender matches in Ring of Honor. Um, there was a big, I mean, you've had many intergender matches uh, defending the uh, Pan-African World Diaspora Championship. You've had them just in other settings. A uh, big one you had, which I, I think we've got to mention, is the PWI-sponsored Iron Match for Beyond, which was the first Beyond match in, whew, I don't know, like six months or something like that at that point. <laughs> It was live on Valentine's Day on YouTube, and it was a 60-minute iron match with you and Tony Deppin, who you'd never faced before. Um, you know, one of the biggest names on the independents, current as we're recording this, Ring of Honor TV champ. Uh, we talked a little bit about this for a story in the magazine, but for anyone who hasn't read it, I mean, like, when you get in there, and I mean, I think this was almost three times as long as any individual match you'd wrestled before. I mean, you wrestled a mat- couple matches in the 20 minute range before, which is a, still a pretty, it's a pretty long match. I mean, like when you see those on TV, a lot of times it's like, you know, on WWE, it'll be a match where there's some shenanigans going on on the outside or there's, you know, things to, cause it, it's, it's hard to keep going at a, at a good clip for that long. So 60 minutes, how, how do you pull that off after never doing it before? <laughs> 
Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> you know, um, I was going to say it's I, like putting you on the spot I, a little bit, but not as much as, as it was to put to, for you to put yourself actually in that match. You know, <laughs> yeah, it happened so quick. Honestly, it was maybe like I, the I saw his tweet. I answered his tweet, and honestly, like a week and a half later, we were wrestling. I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like oh, this is you know very very quick. So I had very little time to prepare. Um, so I had to find some um some allies like mid match, you know, and one of the first allies was how frustrated I noticed that Tony would get sometimes. So I'm like, okay, I think I can, <laughs> I was nervous. So I'm like, well, can't outlast this guy. He's out here wrestling like two hours. He's just, you know, just right, knocking right. him out. He's got the wind on him. You know, he's got, you know, lungs on his side. And I was just kind of like, oh, shoot. So I kind of was able to use his arrogance somewhat to kind of trip him up a couple of times and kind of, get in his head a little bit, which was really interesting. I, I, I felt, I felt quite the hurdle, you know, walking into that match, you know, and another ally was those time cues. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> I remember, I remember, you know, hearing that we had five, like five minutes had elapsed and I was like, what? I feel like I've been here for like an hour already, <laughs> you know, just because, you know, you know how long yeah. you have to be in there. So now you're just kind of like, all right, let's count it down. And the first time, first time I heard like five minutes have elapsed, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> you know, so basically I'm just operating until the next time cue. I'm like, all right, I don't know when he's going to say 10, but when he says it, I'm going to be don't be ready. You know? Right. Right. I want to breathe for the next few minutes, you know? So you just use those time cues as like an ally somewhat. And I mean, both of you, I mean, one thing maybe works in both of your favorites there is like, I would call you going into the match. I mean, he, he, he does certain things that maybe you don't do as much. Like he'll, he'll he's a little more aerial than you are, that sort of thing. But he is not, Maybe, maybe the mat wrestler and uh, submission wrestler that you are. So I was inclined to think that's an advantage where you can sort of slow it down and keep the pace your own. But I mean, at the same time, it's giving him a chance to rest. So it, yes. I, I got to imagine that's just like, uh, like, and I know you've done promos with the, with a chessboard and things before. I mean, you're, you have to be thinking ahead in a match like this, not, although not too far ahead. Cause it's 60 minutes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I know that he would he I've watched some of his matches and I noticed that he'll speed things up and he'll yeah. like maybe run for a little bit or and, and things yeah. like that. Not me. I would prefer to keep things nice and slow. I'd like to mm -hmm. stay in control. So trying to work my strengths against that, I was like, okay, we're not. The minute I saw him like go to try to run or jump and I grab him immediately. Like, oh, no, no, you don't. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> running around for 60 minutes, buddy. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that's that's. No, I know I mean, he I, could, so I had to stop him. <laughs> right, right, and I and it was pretty far into the match before the first fall happened, if I remember right. It was almost mm -hmm. like fifty minutes. So I mean, the two of you had each other scouted, and I mean, speaking of scouting, so I don't remember where you said this, but it was something about having like hours and hours and hours of wrestling playlists that you just like you can reference or you go to, or maybe they're just playing at home all the time. So, I mean, real student of the game stuff, and it, it makes sense for everything we see from you in the ring. Um, what have you been watching lately? Like, is there anything new or old for that matter that you've come across that's been helpful or interesting to you? 
Yeah. So um, how I study wrestling, I just kind of pick some things that I like or some things that jump out to me. Um, I know that if I'm just picking like from my own brain and from my own knowledge, I always go, okay. So Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe, they, they move how I want to move. They act how I want to act. Their, their mannerisms, there, there's certain, there's this unteachable swagger that they have. So let's find a playlist and just watch like some of their, their entrances even. You know, I'll, I'll listen to how commentary speaks about them. You know, I watch when they take their time. I watch when they speed up, you know, so I watch like that. So I kind of, so I'll go maybe to like YouTube or something like that. And I'll type in, you know, Daniel Bryan, maybe I'll pick a promotion like Ring of Honor and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just flood the play. Oh my gosh. So many matches. It's great. And so I would sit and just watch like that. And the same for Samoa Joe. Um, for him, I use, you know, TNA and also Ring of Honor too. So I watch those and I kind of just pull from his catalog as a whole from a certain company. And then I watch World of Sport. <laughs> so, so that's kind of how I'm receiving my wrestling information right now. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, Daniel Bryan's a, appropriate uh, because you've started using one of his signature holds lately, the cattle mutilation, which are you calling it anything else or is it just still cattle mutilation? Do you have a name it's for it? It's called cattle mutilation for now. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, I think I'll keep, Keep that as is for now, you know. As a nod to the the uh, creator of the move. I yes. mean, it's interesting because like not even specific moves, but there's like a deliberateness that he had that I can definitely, now that you mention him as an influence, I, I, I see it in your matches and it's not, again, you're, you're not throwing all the same strikes or doing all the same holds, but there's just a, it's cerebral. Like you're really, you're in the match and sometimes people are out there and it looks like they're, you know, it's, it's hard. Wrestling's hard. You have to like, you have to tell a story. You're doing this physically and you can, you can occasionally see people pop out of it a little bit. Um, But you, you're very, you're very into it. Um, And I don't see that too often. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just the, the discipline coming into play. I've got to think too. I mean, you had a lung stay in the, in the military. So, I mean, that's discipline right there. That's, that's humility, willingness to learn. Um, I mean, it it almost feels like cliche to say that that would have to inform the way you go about wrestling, right? Like, I mean, that, that, that affects your life long after, after you're not serving anymore. So, um, do you think that's an asset over some of the people you're facing? Oh, yes, for sure. For sure. Um, I feel like there's, I feel like maybe before I joined the military that I just kind of had this curve, right? Mm. And I think for something like joining the military sort of put a rod in my back, you know? I have somewhat like my shoulders are back, you know, my chin's up. I'm making eye contact. It's just those little, those little confidence things that I'm very happy to have had, you know, because wrestling will test that confidence all the time in in just so many different ways. You don't even know, but it's testing your confidence. So to just have that already, um, Mm -hmm. it makes navigating this uh, business a little bit easier. So I'm happy to have it. Cool. Um, This is kind of off topic, but I found myself talking music a lot on this show and I'm, some of it's uh 
kind of the connection between uh independent indie music punk music whatever and the independent wrestling i mean there's there's a similar spirit uh what have you been listening to lately whether it's music or podcast or audiobooks or like what if you're working out or whatever what are you listening to Ooh, uh, my workout playlist is pretty it's actually very varied you know mm-hmm. it just kind of depends there's a lot of there's a lot of vibey vibey jams on there i love like mm-hmm. maybe like an eight minute like um like orchestra type of you know and then other times it's like a lot of tupac a lot of things i have so many jay-z playlists it's it's been it's been crazy i've been listening to j cole's new album I've been mm-hmm. jumping into a little bit of, you know, Spotify has been really cool for that too. I've been trying to like oh, yeah. listen to a little more punk music and stuff like that. So now that I can like search by category and get super specific and, oh, it's been getting crazy. I've been having a good time. It's like I start at Bad Brains and then I just, then I'm everywhere. Yeah. I'm everywhere like in a few hours actually at the end of the playlist. So much has happened. I'm like, all right, <laughs> we stop headbanging and just sit down for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's cool because you'll if you're listening to like orchestral stuff or hip-hop or punk i mean it'll make these separate playlists like okay here's your punk playlist here's your hip-hop playlist here's your orchestral playlist and you can bounce back and forth and then it'll have another playlist that's all of it mixed and like whoa this is really all over the place (laughs) I, i mean i've do you so when you are working out? I mean, do you ever just let it go like that? Or are you like very specifically building these things? Like, okay, I need to come up here and go back down here. I, I build them. I definitely. I got a heavy lifting playlist. I got a stretch playlist. Okay. I have a take a walk playlist. I'm so I. I yeah, I'm very like particular about like if I'm gonna be getting on the treadmill if i'm if i hadn't worked out in a little bit and i kind of need like a little extra whatever in a certain music it's so funny it's really funny actually now that i think about it <laughs> and it, it, there's this recurring theme here with you too it's like hyper i don't want to say organized because there's like a negative like oh you're like too in uh like uh particular about it but it's not that it's like this mm-hmm intensity kind of thing. it's like it's a chill intensity it's like you're sitting here and you're a very chill person but it's like there's a lot going on up here and i'm like i'm 10 steps ahead of everybody else and that's why i'm doing well like it's this quiet determination of and that's that's impressive i think that's you know, a, a few years hence, when you're you're uh, too big to be on the uh, the indie show, we'll know that that's what did it the the quiet determination, the work ethic. Uh, I knew you're busy, Trish. So I want to thank you for uh, coming on, and not take up too much more of your time. But is there anything you want to plug? Um, shoot, let's see. Um, I'm at Trish Adora two hundred two on Twitter and Instagram. I do have a what a maneuver shop and I've got some Mm. new merch dropping soon. So I'm pretty excited about that. Maybe in the next like week or so, probably by the time this drops, I'll have like new merch out in my store. So that should be pretty fun. All right. Yeah. So everybody make sure to go follow Trish. Trish, thanks for hanging out today. Yes. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 